This episode of Cognitive Dissonance is brought to you by our patrons. You fucking rock. Be advised that this show is not for children, the faint of heart, or the easily offended. The explicit tag is there for a reason. From Glory Hole Studios in Chicago and beyond, this is Cognitive Dissonance. Every episode we blast anyone who gets in our way. We bring critical thinking, skepticism, and irreverence to any topic that makes the news, makes it big, or makes us mad. It's skeptical, it's political, and there is no welcome mad. This is Wednesday, May 23rd, 2023. I almost said 2013, but it's not the past. It's oh, worse. Oh, 2013. It's worse. Let's go back to 2013. Ish. Before we thought the world could suck so Man, bad. You remember that feeling of joyful hopefulness that you had back before we took our hard 2016 pivot? 2016 was really just genuinely the worst of everything. And then it's turned and it's been bad ever since. It's just been, I remember in 2016, it's like, ah, oh, the year's a dumpster fire. Laugh, laugh, laugh. Joke, joke, joke. And then it was like, why worse. is it a series of dumpster just, it fires? It just keeps getting worse. Yeah. Like it's just, yeah. yeah it's, over and over and over again. There yeah. we go. Well, but you know, you know who, what might save us all is Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis <laughs> officially threw his hat into the ring today. Did he? Filed the paperwork. Did he? He did. How does that $1 billion pullout of Disney look <laughs> on his record where he's like, I'm for business. <laughs> and then he's just like, like, how can you run as a dude? Especially in the Republican Party nowadays. I, it's so weird. It feels like things flip so often, right? For instance, back in the day, the Democrats were the party that fought against the Civil Rights Act. Sure. They yep. were, you know, the party of uh, the KKK. You know, you look sure. back in the day. Did the Democrats fight against the Civil Rights Act in the 60s? I think so. I think there was some Southern Democrats that that fought against it. Oh, wow. I think wow. so. Does, I don't know. I don't know that history. Yeah, I mean- I know that like the Republicans used to, I know that there was that flip. Like there was yeah. a big flip, but I didn't know it extended that I think far it was, into I think our it recent might, history. I think it might even came into the That's recent history. That's fucking nuts. But, but here's the thing. After a while, things flip, right? Yeah. There was a long time- where the the Republicans were 100% pro-business. Yeah. Like, pro-business. Yeah. I mean, think about uh, Citizens United, how big that was for them. Yeah, man. You know? Yeah. And now, it's weird. It feels like they're not as pro-business anymore. There's a lot more boycotts yeah. on their side now. A than lot of boycotts. A lot more than they used lot, to be. Yeah, I think, for guys like you and I, we grew up with, and at least I did, I don't want to speak for you, I grew up with this idea of a Republican Party that was in retrospect on examination, my my thinking about the Republican Party was really a post-Reagan, Bush-era neocon version, a Tea Party version of, a, a post-Reagan Tea Party version of what the Republican Party was and what they stood for. And it was centered primarily around financial issues, right? Yeah. So they had their social issues that they used as wedges in order to like create the sure, moral majority sure, yeah. and, and radicalize their fundamentalist base for sure. That's all got a longer storied yeah. history, but they, they, they really kind of, that was a, a vehicle for them to accomplish their financial goals. Right. And I really thought that that was, and they, and they seem to have an undergirding philosophy. And I think like what's happened now over the last eight or 10 years is the Republican party is really a party of social issues. They don't seem to have that same, because they're not, they're not super pro-business. They're not even, I think, trying to be anymore super pro-business. They're not even, they're not super small government. All those things that we thought of as Republicanism. Yeah. That's not how they brand themselves. Yeah. Anymore. It's because, well, and, and I think maybe it might be a smarter way for them to go to be more tribalist. Because if they do that, they get that tribalist vote, yeah. which is important for them because that's really their base. That's really, that has been the shift, especially since Trump, is that's their base. And so the big business stuff, that was, all the tribalist stuff was there to get those people to vote so they could give breaks to big business. I just don't understand why they're like, 
at this point, not like, well, fucking tax them then. I don't care. Yeah, I, the, I, I think that they're in a, I think, but no, it's a good question because, and I've thought about this. I think that they're in the middle of a sort of like ideological midlife crisis. I really do. I think that there's a, a real lack of any cohesion within that yeah, party no, as to what much, they stand yeah. for. And I think primarily what they stand for right now is winning yeah. and owning the libs. Winning, and I'm, I'm serious. Yeah, winning and, and, and doing things that they think is going to make people mad. I mean, we talked about it a couple weeks ago on the show, but you know, one of the things that came out recently was they did a poll and on, in that poll was a yeah. uh, several several questions that they asked. And one of the main questions, one of the biggest things that they, uh, the reasons why they wanted a, a person to win the nomination was because he made the liberals mad. Yeah. He made the other side mad. That's a big deal to a lot of people who are going to vote in the next election. Uh, and like- there's that schism that's taking place in the Republican Party between what we could think of as establishment Republicans, the Mitch McConnells, yeah, those yeah, guys, yeah, right? Yeah. And then this sort of like new guard of the Republican Party. Sure. If you think, if you if you really try to say like, what does, and Marjorie Taylor Greene, as much as we don't like to talk about her, she is the example. face of it. She's a perfect example. She is. And I think, I think she's representative of that new guard. And she doesn't stand for anything. Like there's not a person that has, Mitch McConnell, had a vision sure, for America. Sure. It's an evil fucking reptilian dark side vision of America. And he was a win at all costs yeah. in order to enact his vision. Sure. Yeah. And I think the new guard is a win at all costs in order to win at all costs. Yeah, they don't, I don't think that if you were to tell me that Marjorie Taylor Greene has a plan for the country, I would laugh yeah, at you. Because I would, I would say, I don't even know that she has a plan for dinner. Right. Let for alone. Real. Yeah. Like for real. Yeah. I don't think she has a plan to get home after Congress. <laughs> yeah. They have no they have no idea of where they want to lead yeah. us. They're Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert, Matt Gates, all those, they're not writing legislation. No. They show up and they grandstand, they vote, they 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 obstruct, yeah. but they don't write legislation. They're not engaged in the act of of legislating at yeah. all. Yeah, no. So. And they, and they and they're exposing themselves every day that they get. I'm happy that they're getting more, a little more time on some of these committees because we're going to talk about Bobert later on. Oh my God. And you're just like, you, you can't put your foot in your mouth fast enough to shut yourself up. You genuinely can't. Yeah, because you're old and I'm young and I'm going to live to piss on your fucking grave. So first we got to shit on the Democrats a little because bit. They fucking does like at least one of them here. This story comes from Newsweek. Uh, we talked about this a little bit a few weeks ago. Diane Feinstein resign calls grow louder from Democrats. We need change. Diane Feinstein is a spectacularly old lady. She's an 89-year-old lady. 89, man. That's a that's an old person. That's an old that's lady. An old like, person. and I'm not sure, I'm not being shitty, but she is 13 years past the best by best used, best if used by date. Well, right? you know, she 76 is, is the average age to die. And 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 I want to say too, like. Like there is, we put things in place for people who are elderly, like very elderly. <clears throat> so like they have to go get their license and they have to like do tests and things because we know that some of your faculties, as you get older, they Decline. start to go. That's just the truth. A lot of people don't want to face it. Right. And especially as you get closer to it, 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 it stings more when somebody says somebody close to your age is old, right? right. It stings more. But it's not that it doesn't make it true. It just means that you haven't gotten to the point yet that you've recognized that you are also there. Right. You know? And so, yeah, uh, when 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 people say, you know, man, she's old. She is old. This is an yeah. old person. Like, I don't, I and I, it's not that I don't think she could be somebody who could possibly legislate and, and, and do these sorts of things. She hasn't been there to do it. Yeah. She's been in the hospital with shingles. And then when she comes back, she's had like some sort of seizure where her face is now slack on one side. She has swelling. She, she had looks- a brain infection, dude. The, the shingles gave her a brain yeah. infection, encephalitis. Yeah. Like that's a serious fucking brain infection. Yeah. When she was interviewed by reporters and they were basically like, hey, how's it feel to be back? She's like, I never left. And like, oh, do you mean you were working from home? And she's like, no, I've been here the whole time voting. And you're like, I don't know if she really knows that's where, a, which end that, is up. That to me feels like where, you, where we just walk in, you know, like there needs to be bigger, better, 
safeguards in place. And I think at the end of the article, don't they mention, I, th- I want to say at the end of the article, somebody says um, ne- they, they need to create some sort of changes. These include term limits for judicial and legislative branches, committee chairs, and party leaders, as well as background checks for incoming officials. Yep. And you're like, I, if that, first of all, all that stuff should have already existed. It's yep. not like we should be trying to fucking make this 200, almost 250 years after the founding of our country. Yeah, man. And I also think, I was thinking about this today. Like, I think for every person in Congress, because this is true of old people as a demographic truth, but it's also just true that shit happens to all of us, right? There should be yearly competency checks, right? Everybody at the beginning of the year, at the first quarter, whatever, everybody that is going to serve in high public office at a certain level, we we should have knowledge of their competency. We, the people who voted for this person should have knowledge of their competency and their continued competency. And that's, that's like a, like seems like not a big ask, ask it of a 25 year old, ask it of a 75 year old. If that's not ageist to demand that the people that we hire be competent. All of them. All and this of isn't, them. and you're right. Cause it's not like, ageist. Like, it's if not, it's all because look, you could get in a car accident and have a traumatic brain injury, right? You could have, you could take medicines that make it difficult, like for you to, for you to think and, and do your job. You could have personal life experiences that fucking scatter your ability to think clearly. Sure. There are a lot of things that are all over. You could have a brain. Look, I had a, a I had fucking meningitis, right? Like meningitis is an infection like that can damage and hurt your brain too. Like if somebody had given me a competency test while I was, I would have failed that test. Yeah. Right. There are lots of there are illnesses. There's lots of things that can sure. happen sure. in our lives sure. at any age that can render us render us non competent. Yeah. And I think that. If you've got a job that's this important, why aren't we checking to make sure that people stay, especially if we're going to have a fucking gerontocracy? Yeah, man. And that's what we've got. We have have a a group of leadership that is increasingly aged. Yes. So fine. If that's who we're going to stand at the ballot box and vote for, we're going to vote for them assuming and, and hoping that they remain competent. So why don't we just checking on that? Like, yeah, like you said, if you want to keep driving... You got to get, got to get it. Yeah. Yeah. You got to get your driver's license renewed. I also want to say too, like try to do, try to come in and not be with all your faculties at like a dangerous factory or something. Yeah, man. Right. They would send you home. They wouldn't look at you and be like, oh, it's okay. You can, you can work from home today or whatever, or you can get better. Most of the time, none of these places have anything like that is a safety net whatsoever. So they just let you go anyway. Right. So you're like, man, I'm really sick. I have encephalitis. So like, that sounds like it's bad for you. Yep. Anyway, so long. And then they Hope fire you. purchase you. disability insurance because you know, it's not on us. Yeah. I mean, like, like no other person in the United States gets this kind of treatment, man. right? That's fucking true. Yeah, it's like you 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 expect this from every other person, every other citizen in the United States has to deal with some shitty workplace. But instead, what we get, what we do for them is everything is forgiven. Yeah, man. And you're like, man, no, you work for us, so you know what? I'm willing to give you some sick time off. I'm happy to do that. Same, right? Man. I'm yeah. willing to give you some sick time off. I'm willing to give you a leave, even if you if you say, you know what, I got to leave. I got a I got a thing, but I'm gonna come back and I'm be just fine. But at a certain point. If, if you can't do the job that we hired you for, and here's the important part, and I, it's not that I'm just picking on her because she's sick or whatever. Right. I'm picking on her because there are important appointments that she needs to be there for. We have this, the very slimmest majority yeah. in, the, in the Senate. Without her there, this doesn't get voted on. While Mitch McConnell had both the, had the House and the presidency, or he had the Senate and the presidency, that dude ran through so many judicial appointments yeah, under Trump that literally at the end of that, they were going through like there was a revolving door. Those things need to be filled because he stalled it under Obama. Yes, he did. So yep. we, it needs to be filled. That has to be fixed. Yep. And if she's not there to do it, then we're missing out. And guess what happens if a, if a fucking se- the Senate flips? Then nothing happens again for two straight yep. years. And we've seen the incredible power that federal judges can wield in shaping American policy. We think all the time in these sort of Supreme Court level terms, but we have seen very recently the intense power that federal judges can can wield. These are important jobs. The the thing is that the process of governance can't wait. Yeah. 
So if this is a job that you think like, wow, man, I what if I get sick and need to take two months off? You're not going to give me two months off. It's like, yeah, then don't be a fucking senator. Yeah. Don't apply for the job. I don't have any sympathy. Don't apply for the fucking job. Look, it's a fucking six-year term, and I expect you to show up every single day. Every day. And if you can't show up every day, you should have an appointed second. We should be, I 100% feel like you should be generous to workers because people get sick and shit happens and whatever. Yeah. But at a certain point, these people are above that. That's what I mean. You know what I mean? Like you're this above that yeah, stuff. This isn't like somebody working at the Tyson plant. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is a, this, the thing is that the governance should be a short-term job. Yeah. The idea that we have these like it's a lifetime appointment. Yeah, it's like long, a lifetime appointment because yeah, they fuck that. They won sixty fucking elections in a row or right. whatever. No, one hundred twenty years old. Yeah, I know, yeah. man. <laughs> like I'm, I'm not down. I'm not down with any of that shit. Yeah. Like I'm sorry. You rose. You you raised your hand and you said I want to take this job. We should. We've talked about this. This should not be a great job to have. Yeah. The thing is that people like, and I read this article. Like, why don't people like Diane Feinstein want to retire? It's because they get a they get a ton of personal perks, and a lot of those perks are hubristic, right? They get to feel fucking good yeah. about being a powerful yeah. fucking person yeah, man. that people listen to. Someone like someone in the Senate can pick up the phone and have their voice heard. They can get someone to interview them. They're at the top of the fucking heap. There's a lot of like like uh, perks that are based on our pride that these jobs yeah. create. Yeah. Because there's no other reason why an 89-year-old lady who's had a severe health issue and was unable to do her job. And, and, and the she job she give up knows, her parking spot, man. Right, and she knows how important it is. Yeah. If she really was a civil servant, she would step away. But you're not a civil servant when you put yourself first. Yeah, no, that's very true. And and it's and it's all it's like I, I want to get on the plane first or whatever. Yeah. It's like fuck you. Get the fuck out of here. Fuck you. Who cares? Discovered appropriating classified documents at a foreign consulate reception. You should A, express concern. B, act surprised. C, deny everything. And D, all three. The answer is D, all three. So this story comes from Vanity Fair. Report, the National Archives is set to hand over damning evidence in Trump's classified documents case. Yeah, Tom, you know, this is bad. In, in some ways, there's like, there was some some rumblings about like what's involved, but one of the things that they're saying is, is that he was warned ahead of time on how he needs to go about handling these documents, handling yeah. all these documents, and he blatantly ignored it. To be fair to Trump, though, he was able to now correct me if I'm wrong, he was able to declassify these documents. With the power of his mind. Did it go? When Is he, that not right? When he did it, did it go? No, 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 When he says. Hold on, I'm going to declassify everything in the world, Tom. Oh, no, 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 no. I just declassified everything. I think I felt that, Cecil. I think I felt that. That guy who posted all that shit to the Discord server just went free. Holy shit. Holy shit. Like, here, here, the the thing that I, I love, and I was thinking about this earlier today too, is the thing I love about him saying like, oh, I was able to declassify shit just by thinking about it. I thought there's no weaker tool than your mind. I know. Right? To do this work. <laughs> if that's the case, you know, like a golden retriever could right? do it. Right? <laughs> like seriously, I'm like telling an you right obese now. penguin. I'm telling you right now, if you did the, 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 the treats under one of these <laughs> with him and a golden retriever. Golden retriever. Golden retriever, 10 out oh. of 10 times. Him, three out of 10. Because <laughs> the whole time he's trying to tell you person, woman, man, camera, TV. Yeah, right. He's like, no, I got a different, I tried, I studied for a different test. test. <laughs> I, I cramped for another exam. I'm doing something else. God. I studied for the ACT. I'm getting the SAT. SAT what the fuck? <laughs> an essay portion. <laughs> could you what do you imagine? mean there's an essay? Could you imagine reading his essay portion, Tom? I would give. Oh, my God. How much would you give? Holy I would, shit, the bed. Any money. I would, I would fucking, I would give up every... Thing I own <laughs> and pledge everything I will ever make <laughs> to read his essay portion of an uh, a of standardized an test. Yes. Oh. I would give everything <laughs> in the world. <laughs> everything in the world. Nothing in the world would make me happier than to read his fucking like 
fucking like blue book exam on Huck Finn. Oh my you God, know what I mean? Tom! Like, well, what, what I don't know about joy. Huck Finn because there's a lot of N-word in there. <laughs> okay, that was the wrong one. That was the wrong one, actually. You're right. That's the wrong one. Yikes. Okay, Great Gatsby. Uh, Great Gatsby. Great Gatsby. Great Gatsby. Still probably the N-word in there. I don't know if it's in there or not. Okay. I don't think so. <laughs> God, that would just be fucking amazing. Yeah. That would be amazing. Because he's a fucking dollar. Oh. He's a goddamn dollar. Yeah. What I love from this article, one other thing I want to mention in this article is they said like, that investigators pretty much interviewed everybody at Mar-a-Lago and now they're coming. Yeah. So he could legitimately be involved in three criminal indictments, defending himself wow. in three simultaneous criminal indictments, all while trying to run as the fucking loser double impeached ex-fucking president. Dude, what I, a fucking crazy I, world I know. 24 is going to turn into. I will say though, you know, like, if he doesn't go to jail for some of this stuff that he's done, I it it, it doesn't feel like justice, right? Yeah, you know, because like like everybody heard that phone call. Everybody that phone heard call that was phone straight call. up illegal. That phone call is a hundred percent illegal. Calling down to the people who count who who tabulate and count the votes to tell them he needs a number of votes to flip so that he wins. Yeah, I need you to find eleven thousand seven hundred sixteen votes or whatever it was, like. That's straight up. Yeah. But I mean, Cecil, honestly, the shit that he pulled with Ukraine. Yeah. When he was talking to Zelensky and he was like. That's the same thing. He was like, yeah, uh, well, you know, that aid. It's the same thing. Uh, if you, you know. Yeah. Got to find fucking dirt on my political yeah. opponent. It's an awfully nice country you got there. Holy shit. shame if something happened to it. Holy yeah. shit. It does also, like, this is a guy, you can tell, who this is how he's, how he has always gotten what he's wanted, right? That's because he wasn't in government. I know. But it does make you wonder how many, how many times and how shady his business oh, dealings were. Oh, God, yeah. They had to be I, bonanza bonkers. I want to say this, though, and I think, I, I, I don't think I'm wrong when I say, no matter what, if you make that much money, you're shady. No matter yeah. what, if you make that much money, there's no, I don't feel like there's a legitimate way to make that kind of money. And, you know, not and not do, shit. do shady shit. You yeah. know what I mean? And I, not I don't disagree. Be shady. Yeah. I feel like, you know, when you make that kind of money, you're breaking some sort of, it, you're not, you're not working nine to five. You're doing something. There's got to be something you're taking advantage of yeah, in I, order to do that. I think, I think you are at the very, first of all, we talked about it before, like just having that amount of yeah. money is unethical, Yeah. but to get to having made that, unless you lucked into most of it generation. Sure. Yeah. Then yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, you're breaking some kind of you gotta there break some rules. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Racism, anti-Semitism, and the guy's a Holocaust denier. So there's a couple of stories, and they all sort of interrelate here. I want to talk about this one first from the Hill. NAACP issues travel warning in Florida. The state has become hostile to Black Americans. Do you want to read it, Tom? Just so I do. we can we can read. The, I think it's uh, here. <clears throat> So this is the travel advisory. On a seeming quest to silence African-American voices, the governor and the state of Florida have shown that African-Americans are not welcome in the state of Florida. Due to the sustained, blatant, relentless, and systemic attack on democracy and civil rights, the NAACP hereby issues a travel advisory to African-Americans and other people of color regarding the hostility towards African-Americans in Florida. And that advisory, it was referring to new legislation prohibiting public spending on DEI programs, diversity, equity, and inclusion programs. Um, it also refers to the Stop Woke Act that restricts how workplaces and schools are to discuss race during acquired training and instruction. Um, it also talks about when he blocked, DeSantis blocked advanced placement African-American studies Jesus courses Christ. in state's public schools because he said that those courses lacked educational value. This is not like... Like, this isn't one thing, like you just said. It's yeah. not one thing. It's multiple things. But it's also, like, when they start talking about not educating people about, about things that we don't like to talk about, right? Because that's what this is about. Mm -hmm. This is about not educating a group. It's it's about not allowing any, any kind of uh, any kind of notice of diversity, equity, and inclusion, right? Not allowing that to exist basically is, is saying... We don't talk about that here. We yeah. don't talk about any of that here. There's no inequality at all in this country. And we don't talk about it because, because we don't want to bring up these things in yeah, the past that happened. You know, it's not like, 
It's not like when there's a DEI place that exists on like a campus or a workplace or something. It's not like like you or I or whoever else, some other white guy, Freaky Friday like wakes up as a black person. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's not like that happens, right? We're just like, whoa, what that? Like like what they seem to think happens is something. I, I can't even put my head around what they think happens because one, nothing, nothing is granted because these things exist. Right. There's nothing that that just because it exists that suddenly things turn on their head. The entire society right. turns on yep. their head. No. Right. What happens is is they exist. Yep. The end. Sometimes people pay attention to it. The end. That's literally it. That's the extent of these things existing in his state. Woke, the woke thing, right? right. The Stop Woke right. Act. Right. Basically, this is private, mostly private businesses yep. that want to do something and he's not even letting them do that. And it wouldn't even affect him if they did. Yeah. Yeah. But but what, I, what occurs to me is that Republicans in this process, we talked in the beginning of the show, like, what do they stand for? Well, I think like what we're finding out is their true colors are white. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Like the Republicans yeah, sh yeah. showing their true colors yeah, and they're just white. Yeah. And when they talk about free speech, what they mean is white speech. Yeah. That's all that they mean. All of this conversation about free speech from the Republicans is a sort of back-ended way of saying, well, I really want to protect white speech. Yeah. Because they are the most ardent defenders of free speech, except for. Yeah. And the except for is always people of color, Look right? at Twitter. Look at how Twitter has become mm -hmm. this cesspool of fucking white supremacy. Right. Right? And look at how quickly people jump up to defend that stuff on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's a perfect example of it's, it. It's exactly the same thing. The, the all the free speech absolutists are not free speech absolutists. Yeah. And the thing that they don't understand too, by the way, is that even if we were to be genuinely free speech absolutists, which is a terrible position and nobody should hold that position, it makes you an asshole and you're wrong. But like, even if you were a free speech absolutist, it is, that is a necessarily racist position to yeah. take because my white speech has more power more. and more systems yeah. of power that enable that speech, yeah. right? So if it's like, oh, well, you can say whatever you want and you can say whatever you want, and that's how free speech absolutism works. It's like, wait a minute, no. Because I, as a cishet, upper middle class white guy, when I talk, I have a fucking, I have generational systems of privilege sure. and power that amplify that voice. So it's inherently a racist thing to, to be, right? Because it assumes a level playing ground from the start yeah. that literally never existed. Yeah. So like, all of this shit, the NAACP is fucking right. They're absolutely Florida right. Florida is They're hostile right. to people of color. And it's not absolutely just Florida. hostile. It's not no. just Florida. It's places all across, the, yes. all across the country. But they're pointing out Florida. But, you know, I want to say, like, when you what you just said, you can test this. You know how you test it is you say something to a cop. Yeah, man. Say something disrespectful to a cop. You, Tom, say something yeah. disrespectful right. to a cop. And then we go find a black guy to do yeah. it. See what happens. Yep. See the difference in the reactions, yeah. right? Yeah. You're Look right. what happens when those guys get I mean, these guys have guns. Yeah. And then they get taken in alive. Uh-huh. Oh, All oh the taken a time. taken in alive. Oh, they caught him and yep. he's just in cuffs and they kind of escort yep. him to the car. And then, like, you're just a guy, like, for instance, uh, George Floyd, you're a guy who gets accused of of having a, a counterfeit bill and you get suffocated to death. Yeah, man. So, you know, there's a huge difference in this guy. Just, we can point it, we can point to it. Yeah, you can you're not wrong at all. To it. You're not wrong at all. And it's not, it doesn't stop there because now they're canceling pride events down there. Yeah, this story is from Click Orlando. St. Cloud pride event canceled due to so-called climate of fear. And I was, what I was, what I was thinking is that what, what Florida and what DeSantis is doing, and very intentionally, is, is he is using the power of his governorship and the power of the white Republican establishment that has all of the political yeah. power down there to create and experiment with creating a specific state-sponsored white culture again, a Southern state-sponsored white culture again. This feels fucking familiar, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. This feels, but, and the, and the thing is that, and the, the pride parade really uh, also brings into focus. It's not just people of color 
that are being abused yeah. by this power, right? It's all marginalized groups. Yeah. It's seriously, it's all fucking marginalized women groups. Women with abortion. Yep. It's it's to trans people yep. with the the new laws that they're doing. It's the it's, it's any LGBT people. Yep. Um I guess trans is included in that, but right. you know what I mean? Like and yeah. then and then you and also throw color. in people of color. You know, you're you, it's you're just white dudes, right. man. You're absolutely right. It's every single person but white dudes. Yeah. Every single That's person. That's it. It's, and yeah, I mean, it's just, it's it's a horror. And, and and more and more, it's getting worse for women down there. But then, uh, and then finally, in a mocking way. Yeah, right? oh my God. So here's the yep. thing. Rick Scott issues a travel advisory for socialists, warning Florida is openly hostile to them. So this is a mockery yeah. of the NAACP travel advisory. Right, so it's even worse. <clears throat> Not only is he saying like, we're openly hostile to socialists, right? It's like they're... There's no socialists. Like, there's no socialists in our country in that sense. Like, socialism is fucking where the people have the means of production. That doesn't happen. Yeah, well, there, there are people who would identify themselves as socialists, but socialists as a political force they don't have don't any, have any meaningful. They don't have any meaningful power. power. Right? Yeah. It's, so it's a cares? dumb thing it's to even dumb say. Thing to say. But 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 he's saying it in a way to say to mock. He's using it as a tool to mock the NAACP, Absolutely. which is grotesque. It is. And there used to be a time, I think, that is, that I feel somewhat nostalgic for. So, like, this country was shit, and then for, like, a hot minute, Cecil, it started to feel like, at least in the, in terms of, like, the, the, the lexicon of politics, it started to feel like it was moving in the right direction for a hot minute. And now... Instead of when the NAACP issues a warning that hey the state is openly hostile to black people, instead of instead of like politicians saying like hey we don't want to be affiliated with that, now they don't they don't take that on the merits. They don't use that as an opportunity to distance themselves from the policies that you know yeah. would. Instead, what they do is they just mock it, double they down, troll it, double they down. double down. They take they take hold of it and they run with it. Yeah, because we're now in a place where all of it's right out on the surface, right? Yeah. What Trump did, and then I think like in a lot of ways, the pandemic also helped to sort of um, kind of bring it all to the surface is, is he gave everybody the space in the breathing room to be open uh, and, and unashamed and comfortable with a level of bigotry and power yeah. and connecting yeah. bigotry and power right. together. Right. You know, find people on both sides. Yeah, man. Out yeah. loud and fucking everything, yeah. man. When I hear shit like this, and I think about this politician, I think he's a senator, and I'm like, okay, he's a senator. Could I imagine in this position someone like George Bush doing this? No. Or someone like Dick Cheney doing yeah, this? Yeah, again, I same. can't. No. And those people are monsters. They're I'm not horrible. I will never say a good thing about any no, of them. Right, yeah. I think they're terrible yeah. people. I think they're genuinely bad people, and we should never let them have a scrap of power for as long as they live. They are what like uh, they are war criminals. Yeah. I genuinely yeah. believe George W. Yes. Bush and Dick Cheney, war criminals. I don't disagree. Like, I just want to show that my I position is as clear as yours. But yes. I don't see them doing this. Right. right. It's like you've suddenly sunk to a level that I'm like, how, where, what, and why I know, man. is this fucking happening? I look back to like the Reagan years when like, you know, George Bush Sr. Yeah. And he, would he do something? No, I don't think he no. would do something like this. He wouldn't double down. He would say, he would get up there and be like, I don't agree with that. I think it's bad or whatever. You know, a thousand like he would, points of light, he man. He would like, say, no, that's terrible. You know, you shouldn't do right. that shit. Whatever. I think so many of those people, the one person who I look back and I, I think he was in power and he would embrace this is Newt Gingrich. And the reason why I say that is because he's the fucking architect of the wedge issue. Yeah, man. And so I, when he hears shit like this, I think he automatically thinks, yes, this is a wedge issue yeah. and this is what I should put my foot on the gas behind. Yeah, I, I, I don't think that's a wrong read at all. I think there's like a weirdness to feeling nostalgic for the neocons because I hate them. I hate them all. And even they, like we are worse at this point on the right yeah. than the fucking 1990s sure. neocons. Sure. And they were the worst. Like I remember, I remember like when George W. Bush got elected, I remember being like, this is as low as we get. We've elected a fucking dunce, yeah. a dunce run by these fucking evil puppeteers. And the thing is like, none of that was a wrong read, but I just didn't think, 
it would get it worse. Could, you, you're like, there's no way this is getting How worse. How does it get worse? This can't get that. worse from here. And I think even if you look back when we were coming out of the, the Bush, second Bush presidency and we bounced into Obama, I think everybody's thought, okay, from this point on, it's, it's, it's going to be smooth sailing. Yeah. And, I, it, and it wasn't. It I, wasn't through Obama and it wasn't through anything else after that. It, but do you know what, what helped make it seem like it would be smooth sailing is the people that opposed Obama were at the very least serious people. Yeah. Right? McCain was a, and, McCain I, and I disagreed with him and Romney. They were serious people. They were they were genuine, serious. I disagreed with them on, on all substantive issues, but they had issues of substance that defined who they were. And they were actually, in some ways, men with some integrity yeah, and yeah, character. Now, yeah. again, I didn't agree with any of their policies. I'm glad they both failed. But like looking back, it's like, holy shit, were they better? Yeah. They were better. So we had this moment where like, okay, serious people are trying to be in charge and we really get to look at what they, I remember Cecil, you and I, when we first got into podcast, this isn't even Cogdis days. This was like everyone's a critic days. We were talking about politics and I remember we were like, okay, we're going to read. Oh, and I remember like, this. We're going to go through like, what does McCain stand for? And what are his policy positions? And we went through and kind of evaluated his policy positions and then Obama's policy positions. Because there was a time when that's how you could think about politics. I remember we were like, we don't want to put a spin on this. We yeah, didn't even right. said as much. Uh -huh. we put, we're gonna put, we're I don't want to put a spin him. on this. And I think both of us said, we're both going to vote for Obama probably, but we are going to read him out loud. Right. But then even as we were reading him, we kind of stopped and we're like, this is actually- I like, can't not- Like, I don't think uh, yeah, this right. is a good policy. No. <laughs> like we had to stop because yeah. there was because they were genuinely bad policies. Right. But they weren't like, there's rapists coming in from Mexico. Right, man. Right? They weren't that. They weren't, MS-13 is going to steal your baby. Or I, mean, I, don't know if I, I don't know if that's the name of the, ba the, it doesn't the band. The band. The band. <laughs> it may as well the be. The band. Fall out, boy. He's going to steal I, your baby. <laughs> I don't know if that's the name of the gang or not. But I-, I, I The I'm, Chemical Brothers I'm are sure. coming for you. <laughs> it's called birth control, bitch. This story is from The Independent. AOC mocks Lauren Boebert over claims she had her third son because birth control was too expensive. We can actually listen to Lauren Boebert describe the heartwarming tale of her accidental son and the failure of the American healthcare system. Oh, that sounds great, Tom. Here we go. I left a prescription at a pharmacy once. Um, I went to get um, birth control and um, I was there at the counter and went to pay for it. And um, the, the price was very, very high. I said, wow, is this a three, six month prescription? No, ma'am, this is one month. And I said, it's cheaper to have a kid. And I left it there. And now I have my third son, Caden Bobert. Um, and so I'm actually, it was, a, it was turned out to be a really great thing. I okay, first of all, uh -huh. there's no birth control that's ever been manufactured that's cheaper than a kid. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I will tell you that for sure. What, is it, what does it cost? It's got to cost a million bucks to raise a kid. Oh, it cost, I don't know. Probably it, a billion all bucks the, to like, raise a kid. It costs, I think, when I, last time I checked in my bank account, it cost an infinity dollars. <laughs> It costs an infinity They never stop flying out. You know, when, when, when Sarah and I were first together, she used to go to Planned Parenthood, which is across the street. Yeah. And Planned Parenthood has uh, cheaper, it's not, it's not free, but it's relatively inexpensive, like $20 for a couple of months or something back then. For somebody to just walk in and just see a doctor. It takes two minutes. It costs $5, I think, for the doctor visit. And she didn't have any insurance. Right. So it costs like $5 for the doctor visit. And then they were like, okay, um, you got the doctor's visit. Now you can get birth control. And then after that, she never had to see a doctor again. They just would come and be like, okay, your, your prescription, here you go. You're on the record here as mm -hmm. getting it. And then she would just go in and get it. And she got it. I want to say it was it was relatively inexpensive. I don't remember. I remember it was she used to go in there with a 20 and I don't know how many months she would come out with. Right. But months of birth control for it. And it it's like plan like the reason you're arguing that you fucked up and had a kid afterwards cuz you right. didn't do any kind of rhythm method or whatever else right. to try to avoid the child. You decided to just have a kid cuz you left a thing on it, which is a dumb thing to do anyway. It's also a dumb reason to have a baby. It's a, but the reason you brought an entire human yeah. being into existence it, is you were like- It's for spite at a pharmacy. Right, like, it seems like what? a bad idea. I was mad I at know. Walgreens. Uh, this is know. my baby, CVS. Look, I'm not, I don't know. I can't. <laughs> you call a baby CVS? <laughs> oh, that's amazing.
amazing. Get over here, uh, Rite Aid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. But yeah, but like fucking the kid is the kid. Like you have a kid. I also, by the way, I just want to mention, like I was a mistake, baby. Same. Like I know for a hundred percent because my parents had said it a couple times. Like you weren't expected. And that means we didn't want you. That's what that means, man. It doesn't mean, and it's not like my parents benefited by having a third kid. They were like, wow, we really fucking hit the lotto with the third kid there. They didn't want me, man. They didn't want me. They might not even want one of my brothers. Like, are you kidding me? And then, but like, like the, this is a lady though that fucking hates Planned Parenthood. Yeah. But they, Planned Parenthood, which we don't fund abortions through federal dollars anyway, right. could easily fucking with with money, easily easy money, yep. we could give birth control to anybody who wanted it across the country. Yeah, like what she is describing is a healthcare system that failed her basic yes, needs. Failed her, and then she's putting this like spin on it, like, well, but I got my kid and I love my kid. Look, I, I most people that have kids that are surprises yeah. or whatever. They're forced to love them right. eventually. You yeah. you love your kid because biology kicks yeah. in. You're right? forced to love them because you you're, it's expected by society. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. part, yeah. yeah. You love your kid. That doesn't mean that that was a good thing for your life. It doesn't mean that that's what you base public policy on. It doesn't mean that like we disenfranchise other human no. beings because it all worked out in the end for you. That's such a stupid what a reason fuck, to do That's something. nothing. <laughs> Lady, that's nothing. Well, you know, it all worked out in the end yeah. for me. So I guess everybody that gets pregnant, it will all work out in the end for them. One time when I was driving, I closed my eyes and sneezed four times in a row. Oh. And then I... Snap back and I was fine. I right. kept driving. So everyone should just close their eyes while and they sneeze. drive. <laughs> close your eyes and sneeze as much as you want when you drive. What the it's fuck? It's a stupid thing to say. It's like a stupid, it's a stupid thing to make your life ubiquitous, right? Yeah, man. This is my life is writ large for everybody else. Also shows just how dumb you are, right? God, she is how a stupid dumb fucking human of a being. person you are to just be like, well, uh, you know. I halfway tell, through telling the story, I realize it's probably not a good anecdote, but I'm going to continue it. I'm, I'm going right. to work my way through it. You should have just been like, you know what? This is a bad story. I'm just going to keep going and go with something else. Can't you realize that you're telling an anecdote that is literally proving Thank the you. point you're not trying to make? She is, she is proving exactly the opposite yeah. of her story, and she's so fucking dumb. It's because she is so ill-equipped for this world. Oh, my God. This woman is so spectacularly out of her league yes. in this work. She is like seven or eight years from now, she'll be fucking selling feet pics on OnlyFans. <laughs> All right. There, she is, there, that's, she is not qualified for yeah. this work, Cecil. Right, right. She is not, she does not have the gravitas and the, intellect to do this job. Sure. She can't even tell when she's making the other guys point for them. She's like on the soccer field, kicking the ball into the wrong goal and being like, <laughs> and like running around. Are you kidding me? She's like that kid who's like, from uh, one of those Adam Sandler movies, like, oh, Doyle rules. Yeah. Like that kid. Yeah. Like, you're such a stupid kid and you just scream your own name after everything. <laughs> You ain't seen nothing yet until you see the flaming butthole. Your butthole will be flaming and you will not be able to sit down until you have a flame coming out of your butthole. And there'll be people walking around all over America with flames coming out of their butthole. This story comes from Block Club Chicago. Satanists sue Chicago for not allowing them to say, Hail Satan! At city council meeting. I love this so much. I also love their little Christmas tree picture here. The Chicago Satanists look baller, but yeah, they, <laughs> they look do. like a great group of people. Why don't you read what they were going to say at the thing that they got rejected for? So this is this is the rejected invocation that they were trying for years, by the way. Yeah. They had to finally resort to a lawsuit because they were just getting stalled yeah. out. And when the guy was like, yeah, look, when I heard they were going to say, hail Satan, I couldn't let this go through. Yeah, and couldn't let like, it go through because it was against my was my beliefs. religious beliefs. They yeah. literally said that out loud. I'm like, you're in Chicago. What Wait, is wrong with you? Your beliefs don't matter, yeah. man. Also, like an invocation doesn't matter, man. But see, also, if you're a Christian and a Muslim gives the prayer, 
Doesn't that go against it's the it it's, feels like it would. It would go get like feels when like you're a monotheist. Feels like it would. All other theisms yeah. are gonna go against your what belief. What if there's like a like a Wiccan or something? Do they light sage and say something? Does that go against I, I hope it, they just you know? do the whole thing as tarot cards. Oh, that'd be great. I hope they just do charcuterie crystals charcuterie and tarot cards. <laughs> tarot cards <laughs> drive right through with a tarot card. All right, so here's the invocation that they've not been able to give yet. Let us stand now, unbowed and unfettered by arcane doctrines born of fearful minds in darkened times. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Let us embrace the Luciferian impulse to eat of the tree of knowledge and dissipate our blissful and comforting delusions of old. Let us demand that individuals be judged for their concrete actions and not their fealty to arbitrary social norms and illusionary categorizations. Let us reason our solutions with agnosticism in all things, holding fast only to that which is demonstrably true. Let us stand firm against any and all arbitrary authority that threatens the personal sovereignty of one or all. That which will not bend must break, and that which can be destroyed by truth should never be spared its demise. It is done. Hail Satan. <laughs> if you took... Awesome it's writing, by the it's way. It's awesome writing. That's fucking mic drop writing. It's so good. And if you took out the two references to the Christian devil... Would you would you think anyone would disagree with any of that stuff? No. Like if you took it all, uh, would I think people? Yeah, I think a lot of people would disagree. I don't know. I don't. I, know. I think. Cecil, I feel like I feel like it's good enough obfuscation of what you're really talking about without those two references in it. Because I think it's good enough writing to trick people that are just believers, straight believers. I think it's good enough writing to trick those people. Yeah, maybe. I think a Southern Baptist would disagree with every sentence in it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you're wrong, but but it's it's written. But in, in such Chicago, a way, it, would, it would fly. I would fly, and you know, like like I'm I'm just so saddened that they had to go resort to this in a city that you know recently elected a progressive mayor. Yeah, is has been for a long time a democratic stronghold. Oh, my entire like life. Years. My entire life, which is like a hundred years, <laughs> it's been a democratic stronghold. Yeah. And so like that's I mean, it's been it's been one of those one of those places where we've even had Republican governors yeah. come and go throughout the years. But Chicago. But Chicago's always been blue. steadfastly blue for yeah. like our entire lives. Yeah. And longer. And longer I think longer. Haley and I looked it up not that long ago. It's been like it's a super long time. It's a time, long man. time. It's a yeah. long time. It's, it's a real And long it's time. so sad that that this is this I feel like is something that needs to be a cornerstone of the Democratic Party to have what we should consider as religious freedom, yeah, which is freedom from all religions, period. I think it needs to be an absolute cornerstone of the, the of the Democratic Party, and it needs to be something that is embraced across the board. Because the thing is, is that there's more nuns now than there ever was. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a growing population of people. And if that is the thing that you embrace and you stop giving, you know, I know the, the, you know, you stop looking at, at being a, you're basically constantly playing into the hand of all the religious people by saying, you're it. You're the one who I'm gonna, yeah, I'm man. gonna give lip service to you. Look, if I stand in the park and I throw bread to pigeons all day. I think the world is full of pigeons. Yeah. Right? Because that's what I've attracted. No, you're right. You're right. But like, there's a lot more of all the others yeah, than there are it's pigeons. Growing. But it's we, growing. The, the, the like, the politicians stand in the park throwing bread to pigeons. Yeah. And they've convinced themselves the most powerful bird in the world is a goddamn pigeon because that's all they ever see in front of them in a flock. And, and they, they always seem to forget that there are plenty <laughs> plenty of religious people out there who 100% would be fine with this I, happening. I, yes. 100% agree with no one else infringing on their own personal religious yep. freedom yeah. versus the public's freedom from religion. And I think there's plenty they, that they don't play that up enough that there's plenty of religious people that are smart enough to get that and that respect that. And I think you know, they forget those people exist because they want to say, well, it's 70% Christian. Mm -hmm. And so 70% right. Christian means I need to play to Christians. But it's it's not because 
50% of those, more than, you know, when we say 70% of all people, 50% of those all people right. are going to vote Republican. Yeah, man. And that's a lot, that's, and so, the, and a lot of those, most of those people are Christians. Yep. And so you're looking at mostly who you're going to be playing to are liberal Christians and then non-believers. And that non-believer number is going to keep creeping it up is. year goes. after year after year after year. And like you were saying before, if not here, where? Yeah. You know, if not in Chicago, if not in a, exactly. in a liberal bastion, yeah. where? where? We need to unabashedly be liberal where we can be liberal. Yeah. We need to show and demonstrate and let this be our experiment, right? Yeah. Ron DeSantis has seized hold of, of Florida. Absolutely And he is right. running a grand racist white male experiment. Yeah. Let's run the progressive experiment. We keep being too chicken shit I think you're right. to run the experiment. I think you're right, man. yeah. I think you're this right. This is our laboratory. This is what we can do. And here's the thing. There's plenty of, there are plenty of places, well-funded places all across this country that are blue. Yeah, man. Well-funded places yep. that can easily support all the ideas that we have. Look at how many people were running on UBI. Once Andrew Yang introduced all that to the to to basically the public consciousness, because nobody was talking nobody. about UBI before no, him. No, no, no one people. brought that up before right. him. But once that happened, there started be there started to become more and more of a buzz about that. Yeah. I'd love to see that be another talking point. In, in every single in every single one of the presidential primaries. I'd yep. love to see it. Both sides. Talk about it on both sides. Yeah, man. You know, we are, there's funding to make that happen. Yep. If we're going to survive well, the AI revolution, oh, UBI yeah. is necessary. Right. Yes. UBI right. is necessary. If we're going to survive and do it well, the AI revolution. Yeah. Because that money is still going to be made. Right. It's just not going to be made by a person. So... It's either all going to funnel up and then there's no money at the ground and then there's no goods and services to buy to keep funneling up and the whole system collapses, right? Because a service economy requires a moneyed populace. Yes. Otherwise, yep. there's nothing yep. to buy. Yep. Right? Yep. So like if we're going to survive this AI revolution, and I hope that we do, we are going to need to figure out ways to put money in the hands of of every person yep. because there's going to be a lot of jobs. No. A lot of people's job is to make decisions. I've seen three or four articles that mention that, yeah. that mention that UBI has to be part of this. And that's that's been people's assertion all along when it comes to robots replacing humans. Yeah. That's been people's assertion all along, you know, in science fiction and in reality. But, there's been people who have said that. You know, the thing is, and I was thinking about this this week, when, when the robots came for blue collar jobs, blue collar people never had any political force or power. Yeah. When the robots come for white collar jobs, then we might get it. Yeah. Right? Because when robots replaced, I'm just being honest, when robots replaced the poor, the poor were already disenfranchised. There was, they didn't have a lobbyist. Right. When robots replace the powerful, then the powerful will all of a sudden solve that problem. They will. So. I'm Christian murderous scum, they're on giant death factories keeping babies alive and selling their body parts. What more do you need to know about these people? I go out and face these scum. They literally crawl out from under rocks. They have green looking skin and they run around screaming, We love Satan, we want to eat babies. This story comes from Gizmodo. Alex Jones gets punked by a fake AI Tucker Carlson. So, Tom, we we listened to the fake tape that's yep. done by this guy. Um, his name is Prank Stallone on uh, Twitter, and he has like a a a, a couple of uh, I guess a YouTube channel or a Twitch channel where he pranks people. Well, he did an AI, basically what they used to do with those those phone, those call boards where you have a thing already punched in and you can have this thing say it. He essentially right. made one of those because we listened to the call that he made and it's a terrible call. I don't terrible. even want to play it because no it good. doesn't, they talk over each other too much for anyone to really understand it. Unless you know what they say ahead of time, it's really hard to understand what they're saying. But he... Uh, calls to, calls to, it's an AI voice of Tucker Carlson calling Alex Jones. It, it Alex Jones picks up. They kind of confirm that it's that it's 
Tucker back and forth with Alex saying, hey, what do you need? And this guy basically saying, hey, it's an AI saying, hey, I just wanted to see if you're available to talk, essentially. And then finally, once that gets through, the one thing that does come across is he says, I think we should do a segment on your show where we have our shirts off and we suck each other's nipples as kind of a way to like get uh, to to thumb our nose at this gender conformity stuff. Right. I'm yeah. paraphrasing, but not by much. Right. And Alex responds with, that sounds like a great idea. Yeah, he buys it first. He buys it at first. And then this guy has to repeat himself so much because Alex keeps talking over him. And there's a delay, I think, in when you press this thing to yeah. when it talks. And so Alex is saying, starting to say something when this thing starts talking. And then after like three times, Alex says, man, the AI's got you down pretty good. I see it's from your number, but I don't think it's you. And he hangs up. And on he it. hangs up yeah. on it. I mean, he gets to that point where he right. basically gets to that. It's a short call. It's a short call. It's a very short call. But here's what he should have done. <laughs> he should have just left it alone. Because if he'd have left it alone, then nobody problem. This guy's people would have seen it maybe. And maybe one little piece of it might have got out. But really, if you listen to it, it doesn't sound good for the AI caller. Because Alex sussed it out. Pretty Within quick. 30 seconds, yeah, he sussed right. it out. He was and like, he didn't get Alex to like admit to much no. or do yeah. anything and all that. So it's just kind of like, hey, I kind of did a funny prank. And you got to be like, okay, well, I remember when that dog would prank call people yeah. sometimes. I'm, you know, <laughs> and you're like, yeah. <laughs> you're like, whatever, man. There was a guy who was to walk around with a <laughs> on his hand and he would yell at people. <laughs> remember that? that time? What was his name? It was oh my God. Conan O'Brien and like something, the insult comic dog, whatever. Yeah, what the hell was, was the name it? Was it Rocco stupid? or? I don't know. Oh, uh, now I got to look up the insult yeah, comic dog because I'm not going to yeah. remember. I'm not going to remember. Some guy just had a fucking hand puppet that like. It was Triumph, the insult Triumph, comic yeah. dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah, they yeah. used to walk around the hand puppet and yell at people and just roast them right in front of us. So mean. It's the meanest bit in the world. And everybody was just sit there and take it. So fucking weird. Oh, it was the best. Anyway, so in any case, it's jerky boys. It's jerky boys. It's it AI all, jerky boys. It's all jerky boys. You're 100% right. I remember, Tom, I remember when I was a kid, I got a hold of. So before the jerky boys made a tape that they sold, uh -huh. they were a pre viral sensation. I oh. had a a cassette tape oh. that was recorded with some of their stuff on it that was passed on from oh, person yeah, yeah. to person to person to person. And I had one of these tapes that someone had gotten from a friend who was like in Ohio or whatever. And I remember listening to it and being like, oh, this is the best shit. Yeah. You know, you got the guys like, oh, I got to get my shoes and I bench 400 pounds yeah. or whatever. You know, and it's yeah, like, it just you know, it's just shit. all yeah. just goofy shit. But I remember laughing at it because I was 10. Right. And I was like, this is the funniest, funniest shit, shit I've ever. ever heard because I was 10. And then this guy kind of does basically the same, same thing. thing. He, he just, just uses AI to fucking prank, prank Alex, Alex Jones. Jones. But Alex Jones brings it up on his program. And so I want to play Alex Jones bring it up on his program because I think it's really awesome. One of the most bizarre things that ever happened to me in my life happened yesterday <laughs> afternoon at about 545. I was sitting in an accounting meeting, InfoWars accounting meeting. Okay, I just want to talk about his voice just for a second. Okay, I would talk about his voice for a second. Have you ever heard, you know, when they get those like Toyota Supras and they got that that muffler on them? They got the glass They got that muffler on them that you can hear for like six miles away when they hit the gas. And it sounds like a fart. It just sounds like a fart. And that's that's his fucking voice. It is 100% his voice. In an office building, not here, and the phone rings, and it says Tucker Carlson, and we talk you know, here and there on the phone, we text a lot, and I said, I'm going to step out, got an important call to make, and I stepped out. No, you don't, you have an important call to get. That's <laughs> true. And somebody tried to shake my hand. What's his mic? What mic is that? I don't know. Ian, what mic is that? Ian, what mic is that? Figure it out. Ian and does I said, hey, hey, you can't talk. I was a little bit distracted. I go, hey, what's going on, Tucker? And it's Tucker Carlson's voice. And it starts saying these horrible, lewd sexual things to me. It does not. It's it not. said one thing to you. He said he, he said you should go on each other's should go on the show and suck each other's nipples. Yeah. And if, is that the you're Alex Jones and that's the most horrible thing you've ever heard? And one of the other things I want to mention too is Alex immediately agreed and said it has to happen on InfoWars.com. On Infowars.com. Yeah, like so yeah. he immediately agreed. Look, here's the thing. 
Tucker Carlson could have said, I want to come on and I want to, I want to start a human centipede with right. you. And he would have said, yeah, whatever. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because right. all he wanted was Tucker Carlson on his yeah, program. That's exactly right. It doesn't matter what he said. Also, I don't believe for a second that Alex Jones wakes up every morning in that body and can be surprised by the lewdness of anything. I guess you're probably true. That's probably true. And I instantly figure out this is AI. He does figure it out. Pretty quick. Yeah. He figured it out he pretty quick. And I confront the individuals on this. They say a few more things and then the phone hangs up. Because you hung it up. And I immediately called Tucker and talked to him, talked to his uh, lead producer as well. He doesn't have a producer. Isn't he going to be doing his new show on Twitter? Oh, maybe he, he, he might have a maybe Twitter he producer. he does have a Twitter producer. He has Ian. Oh, God. That's gonna, <laughs> that show's going to suck. It'll, it'll never air. <laughs> scooter up. He called but Scooter said, hey, What kind of microphone does he have? Hold on. What is a scooter up? What did he just say? Well, called Scooter up and just said, hey, if, if, if this just happened to me, it's probably happening to other people. Uh, this is the next level of their setup. I love that this dude got Alex's fucking phone number and had Tucker Carlson's phone number. I know. I think of that's all the, the things, most impressive of part. all the things that happen in this, I'm like, that dude get a, did a good job of getting those two things. Yeah, so I'm like, did. that's fucking good dope. for you, dude. Then it turns out the individual that did it that has quite the following on Twitter bragged that they had just done it. He did and brag. Just yeah, because it it's, it's uh, jerky boy. So we're going to be talking about that. Looking at that, he says he's going to be airing it. His name is uh, Prank Stallone on Twitter. You're giving him more fucking show Monday. Well, it's very important for Prank Stallone to come on this show today or tomorrow and explain he's not part of a government group or an agency. What? A government group? What are you talking? I thought he's like, this is their next step. The next step is to jerky boys you. The CIA is sitting around in their fucking <laughs> fucking cabal meeting. fingers in they're, a meeting? Yeah, like just, okay. <laughs> what if I get him to say I'll suck Tucker Carlson's nipples? <laughs> Get him to say nipples. Can that's, you that's the word that activates the Manchurian candidates <laughs> with ties sitting around a table and being like, but if I get him to say I'll suck Tucker Carlson's nipples, <laughs> okay, that'll ruin him. And there's some other guys like, why is that your answer to every problem? This guy's just got a whole he's got a whole PowerPoint presentation with Tucker's nipples <laughs> on him. He's got one of those. You remember when he did the, the fucking the science fair and he got the trifold yes. behind him and he's oh. like, and he's getting he basically walks behind. He puts his nipple in through the hole. It's like a glory hole for, for nipples, nipple? and he just puts it in and he's holding it there. And he's like, imagine this is Tucker's nipple and this is his mouth. And he's like, I love you. Fucking amazing. Are you kidding me? I would pay to see this fucking entire. I would pay as much money All as possible money. to see this boardroom All in action. Why doesn't this exist? Why is the CIA wasting my money on other things? Stop buying drones. Do this. Do this. God damn it. Could you imagine you get Putin to suck on Alex Jones' nipple or something? Come on, man. This writes itself. You would, you would fucking you would throw over the world. You could overthrow uh, everything. I don't even care what the, else happens. The world is your oyster. I'm just picturing <laughs> Alex Jones pressed up to the glass like he's in prison. Just <laughs> I just want to. It's like a teller window with a yes. nipple that comes out. Amazing. What he did, spoofing someone's number and then doing that in many jurisdictions is a crime. Oh, God. Now, I don't think Tucker Carlson wants to press charges, uh, but. He doesn't give a shit. You're the only one that cares. It's under your skin so I bad, think, weirdo. I think, you know, I don't know. Yeah, maybe you're right. Yeah. On the air and need to explain your intent was not to be mean. You need. <laughs> <laughs> Says Alex <laughs> Were you a meaty, meaty poo head? You need to tell me. You need to look me in the eye, boy. <laughs> You say, I wasn't trying to be mean. That's fucking amazing, dude. You better come on my show and say you're sorry. Get the fuck out of here. And by the way, for the record, I am not actually a duty head. <laughs> also, I have never seen for more than a couple seconds Tucker Carlson's <laughs> Now we did sun assholes together. We did sun, but that's a manly thing. That's a man thing. We go out, oh. you know, maybe we 
we we shoot somebody or whatever, yeah. we sun our assholes. Yeah. It's a Saturday no, it's, afternoon. It's a thing. It's a thing we do. Fucking bunch of low T yeah. soy that's boys. That's how we get our, that's how we get our <laughs> testosterone <laughs> shooting out our nipples. That's how <laughs> I lactate testosterone. <laughs> I'm such a man. I lactate testosterone. <laughs> he says he's pointing out the dangers of AI here. Fine and dandy. Uh, but. It's, it's, it's serious. Ah, serious you stuff. You don't know what's going on. What's been happening to Tucker behind the scenes. And so... What has been happening to, to Tucker Carlson behind the scenes? What you did is uh, not good. Is Tucker running a marathon and his nipples are chafing? Chafing all his... <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that'll stop the bleeding is if somebody sucks Look, on these things. This, that's why I've got to, I've got to treat Tucker Carlson's nipples with care. <laughs> with, I got to kiss his boo-boos. <laughs> His booby boos. <laughs> so I want to thank everybody who's a patron. I want to thank everybody who contributes to the show. This upcoming week is a funny show uh, that we're going to be releasing for everybody. Uh, so check your Thursday feed. That's an everybody thing, but patrons will get a little early. And, uh, and we're going to be back next Monday with a show as well. Uh, but we're going to leave you like we always do with the Skeptic's Creed. Credulity is not a virtue. It's fortune cookie cutter, mommy issue, hypno Babylon bullshit. Couched in scientician, double bubble, toil and trouble, pseudo quasi alternative, acupunctuating, pressurized, stereogram, pyramidal, free energy, healing, water, downward spiral, brain dead pan, sales pitch, late night info docutainment. Leo Pisces, cancer cures, detox, reflex, foot massage, death in towers, tarot cars, psychic healing, crystal balls, Bigfoot, Yeti, aliens, churches, mosques, and synagogues, temples, dragons, giant worms, Atlantis, dolphins, truthers, birthers, witches, wizards, vaccine nuts, shaman healers, evangelists, conspiracy, doublespeak, stigmata, nonsense. Expose your signs. Thrust your hands, bloody, evidential, conclusive. Doubt even this. The opinions and information provided on this podcast are intended for entertainment purposes only. All opinions are solely that of Glory Hole Studios, LLC. Cognitive dissonance makes no representations as to accuracy, completeness, currentness, suitability, or validity of any information and will not be liable for any errors, damages, or butthurt arising from consumption. All information is provided on an as-is basis. No refunds. Produced in association with the local Dairy Council and viewers like you.